During this holiday season with Hanukkah having just passed and Christmas this week, I hope you enjoy it, and New Year's right around the corner, I wanted to share a really special episode. Today, I'm going to provide three lessons that I learned from my burn doctors that inspired me not only to survive after being burned on 100% of my body as a nine-year-old, but to boldly and to gratefully and to humbly live out their lessons through the manner in which I still live today. One lesson has been shared in my best-selling book. It's called On Fire. One lesson has been shared by me just a couple times from the stage. And one lesson that you're going to hear today has never been shared at all in the past. But I believe that all these lessons will help inspire you to close out this year strong and to start the next one on fire for your life. Make sure to start each week fired up for your life by signing up to receive my Monday morning motivation newsletter. There's a link in my show notes. You can learn more about that at johnolearyinspires.com. Go to the show notes, check out all the podcasts there, but make sure you sign up for the Monday morning motivation. You will love it. It will get you fired up to finish strong this year and to ensure that your best year remains in front of you. Welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. John is the number one national best-selling author of the book On Fire. He's a world-class inspirational speaker, and he's the host of the Live Inspired Podcast. John interviews extraordinary individuals on their life story so that you can wake up from accidental living and more fully live your life story. Here's your host, John O'Leary. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Live Inspired with John O'Leary. You have found us on the Live Inspired podcast, and I am delighted, as I always am, to spend a little bit of time with you to talk about your work, your relationships, your life, and how we can do all of it just a little bit better tomorrow than we did today. I get asked frequently about our speeches, about the, about the messages we deliver, about the outcomes that we are part of. And at one of the conferences recently where I had an opportunity in Orlando, in Florida, to speak for a group of physicians, one of the doctors near the end of the presentation raised his hand and asked me a question. The question that this physician asked was this, John, can you share with us? And again, remember, he is in a room, this gentleman, with several hundred ladies and gentlemen who are all practicing physicians. So the question was, John, can you share with us what the best doctors of your history did with you to inspire and to equip you for making a full recovery? John, can you share with all of us what the best doctors in your recovery did to inspire and to equip you to make a full recovery in your journey? So my friends, on this podcast today, I wanted to share uh, from the recollection of, of the message that I shared and the, the answer that I gave, a message that will encourage you, whether you are a healer, whether you are a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a pharmacist, a physician, a therapist, a teacher, an employee, a business owner, a spouse, a single individual, a son, a daughter, auntie, uncle, whatever the role may be, as we move through December and step into the next year, how we can live inspired by encouraging and equipping those around us to do their healing, to do their work as effectively and as passionately as they possibly can. So I wanna give you the three doctor stories that I shared with this gentleman and what it means for all of us as we move forward in our own lives. So here we go. 
What I reminded him of was the story. It's the inflection point in my own journey. And for those of you who are tuning in to John O'Leary for the very first time, I welcome you aboard. So uh, welcome to, to the Live Inspired channel. But at age nine, I was burned terribly and tragically in a house fire on 100% of my body. Uh, terrible experience. If you want to learn more about that, I encourage you to check out the book called Odd Fire. It's phenomenal. Or you can check out some of the YouTube clips that we have out there. But this message today is a little bit less about that and a little bit more about the individuals who showed up. My brother, Jim, was the very first person who showed up. He beat down the flames. He carried me outside. He burned himself in the process. He became that year, 1987, not only my hero, I was nine, he was 17, but he also became and was recognized as the lifesaver of the year for the state of Missouri. So Jim showed up. And then the ambulance folks showed up, the paramedics, the EMTs, the firefighters, the, the entire community right there, the frontline responders, they showed up in a mighty way. I'll never forget their words and their touch and their encouragement. But eventually that leads me into the emergency room. They opened up the double back doors of this ambulance. And I've never shared this before in these details, but here we go. I'm nine years old, but I remember this as if it happened yesterday. They opened up one door on the right and then the second door on the left. And there was a gentleman standing there. He had a lab jacket on, he had glasses on. I remember thinking that he was a little bit darker skinned, a little bit older. He was probably like way old, like 45. Okay, I'm nine years old. I'm in front of strangers. And now there's a new stranger staring at me. And the very first thing this stranger says to me is, well, hello, comrade. <laughs> I'm still in the back of an ambulance about to be rolled out of this ambulance onto the pavement, into an ER, into an ED, treated for burns on 100% of my body, likely to die. And the very first person who greets me, greets me with a smile, greets me in love. And I learn later on that his name Dr. Vachi Avajan. Dr. Avajan ends up being chief of surgery at this hospital where I was treated, St. John's Mercy. He ends up being this incredible clinician. But more than all of that, he ends up being an incredible friend, healer, man, leader, listener, and guy during the five months of hospital and during the several years of recovery afterwards. Uh, there are so many stories that I could share on Vachi Avajan. I'm gonna share with you just two today. One of them uh, is this, uh, every single morning of our time in hospital, Dr. Vachi Avajan rounded with the entire team. Now, for those of you who work in hospitals, you recognize, well, this is commonplace, John, we all do this now. Now, first of all, not all of us do do this. Let's start with that truth. But secondly, 32 years ago, this was really not commonplace to, to round with the entire team. It wasn't just doctors in the morning who rounded with Vachi Avajan. It was the entire caregiving team. He would bring in guys in their lab jackets, ladies in their lab jackets. These are young residents. These are future physicians. And he would say to them, uh, ladies and gentlemen, look at me. You have two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. Use them accordingly. Use them in proportion. And the reason he would say this, because before all the conversation has taken place at the medical level. This guy is seated on my bed, talking with the patient, with little nine-year-old John O'Leary, who's tied down to a burn center bed about his night. He's talking about his dreams. He's talking about the food. He's talking about life. 
And he's audacious enough to actually listen to my responses. This is where healing begins and empathy. Uh, he wanted to remind these young physicians of this truth, not only on this day, but on the future days of their service later on in their own journeys. But behind those young residents, this is the great part of Vajin. He recognized the power within all of his team to deliver frontline, important, radically life-saving care. The next guy behind the lab jackets was a man in a green smock named Lavelle. Lavelle is our housekeeper. He's a janitor. He's a minimum wage guy. Some might, might, might say he's the least among us. But Vachyavajan would remind him and me and the rest of the staff, and now you today, my friends, listening at home or in your cars, far from it. The least among us, it turns out, aren't. They're incredibly important in all of our lives. And if that is true for the least among us, I promise you it is true in your own life. We are incredibly important in the lives of those that we have the opportunity to influence, to encourage, to love, to support in our own journeys. Well, every morning, Vachyavajan wanted to remind Lavelle of this truth in his own life. He would bring in Lavelle, he would sit him then on the bedside and he would say, Lavelle, you see this little boy? Lavelle, you are keeping him alive. Brother, you are keeping him alive. With burn care leaders, ladies and gentlemen, sons and daughter listening right now to the Live Inspired podcast, with burn care, but I think really with all care, what is the number one killer of burn victims in hospital? It's infection, okay? Doctors and CEOs and thought leaders, the guys at the top of the chain, they ultimately don't control infection. The most important person, the most critical element to control infection in burn center and in hospital and take it forward into your own life, whatever you do, sales leaders, teachers, retirees, is the least among us, but it turns out they're not. In this case, it's the janitor. They're the ones for not much more than minimum wage come into the room after taking a couple bus lines to get there and either go into the corners or they don't. They either take great pride in their job or they don't. They either tap back into the why, the real purpose of their work, or they don't. Dr. Avaj and this beautiful guy wanted to remind all of his team members that they mattered. And if you're looking for a, a tweetable or a quotable from this podcast, you may wanna write down this next sentence. It comes from Viktor Frankl. Frankl wrote a book, I think 1949. Uh, in this quote, in this quote, Frankl writes, by the way, it's called Man's Search for Meaning. It, it, it clips me just for a moment, but it's back. O'Leary has returned to the podcast. Man's Search for Meaning. And in this book, he writes these words. When you know your why, you can endure any how. This is big time stuff. Clinicians, physicians, custodians, janitors, leaders, servants, all of us. When you know your why, you can endure any how. Frankel survives the Holocaust. He credits a whole lot of reasons for that survival, but primary is this, he knew his why. He knew what was driving him forward. And although he would lose everything, and I mean everything, he knew what was gonna allow him and equip him to live the best life he could during those difficult days that he was held captive against as well. He knew his why. My friends, Dr. Vajan made sure his entire team knew his why, knew her why, knew their why. 
And so I shared with this physician a couple of years back in Orlando, Florida at this physician's conference that Dr. Vajan reminded me and hopefully him that people matter. Okay, so the first takeaway from us, for us today, write this one down. People matter. Uh, doctors matter. Nurses matter. Nurse managers matter. Janitors matter. Each of our lives matter. So people matter. That's number one. But I told you that there were three physicians who taught me lessons. The second physician was a guy whose name I won't actually share, but I'll tell you this part about him. Um, when I first came home from the hospital, I had no fingers remaining from my time in hospital. They'd all been amputated. And so we're looking for solutions around how does this little boy with no real ability to grasp a fork easily or to pick up a pen easily or to move forward in life easily, how do we equip this little guy to return to some sense of normalcy? Therapy and my mother's incredible love can only take me so far. So we lean back into the healthcare system We'd heard about a, a physician in Cincinnati, Ohio, doing radical surgeries. And I, I mean radical, okay? Like the kind of stuff where they would even take toes from your feet and then transplant them to your hands. So like, this is radical stuff. And so we pop into my mom and dad's old trusty station wagon, the, the good one, man, the, the one with the wood on the side of it. This ba baby barely starts up and in 1987, maybe 1988 by that point. We leave St. Louis, we make the six hour trip or so to Cincinnati, Ohio, here we are. We've journeyed, my brother's in the car, my mom and dad are in the car. We, we're tired, we're beat down, but we're fired up by the next possible step in our own life. Uh, my mom and dad and my brother and I walk in, this little boy still recovering, limps in. I'm out of the wheelchair, but I'm still struggling. I'm still looking for hope. I'm still looking for guidance. We come into this guy's uh, office. We sit outside for 90 minutes, but it's, it's worth it because we are as a family about to, to make a radical move forward in not only my recovery, but in our recovery forward. I walk into the room, my mom and dad come in with me. My brother stays in the waiting room. The doctor comes in, he looks around. He has me take off my shirt, looks around my chest, my back, my torso, looks at my feet, my hands, looks into my eyes, goes back to his chart, doesn't say a whole lot. And after uh, I don't know, eight, nine minutes of silence, my dad says, well, 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 what do you think? What do you think? And then this physician, we'll call him Dr. Jekyll right now. Dr. Jekyll says to me, says to my dad, says to my mom and anybody else who may be listening through these paper thin walls, if your son was a horse, I would shoot him. <sighs> if you don't think that my dad heard that and reacted, if you don't think my mother who fought for five months by my side heard that and reacted. And if you don't think that little boy who fought, and I mean fought for five months of hospital and then a couple years already of recovery heard that and reacted and was beat down by it, uh, then you don't know us and you don't know the human spirit and you don't know the ability we all have to pick up on what's happening around us and within us. Uh, needless to say, Mom, dad, my brother, Jim, and little brother, John, chose not to work with Dr. Jekyll. We choose not to drive people toward this guy's institution, trust me. Uh, in fact, we encourage people to race away from there. And so the second takeaway from phys physicians who have had a mighty impact on my life, and by the way, this is true for you doctors listening, but also you nurses, you entrepreneurs, you retirees, you mothers and fathers at home, you aunties and uncles, you daughters and sons is number two. Ready? Write it down, please. Whew. 
words matter. Words matter. Uh, Many times people ask me why I'm so anti-media. And not only anti-media, I'm almost like anti-social media. Well, the reason I'm anti-media is because I'm really cognitively, deeply, spiritually aware of this one. What we hear, we start to think is true. (laughs) And if we hear enough that if I was a horse, I would shoot them. If we hear enough that the world is bad and getting worse, if we hear enough about murders and rapes and abuse and all the things that are bad in our society, we're gonna begin to think that that is true when the reality is this. There are less of these types of crimes, both locally, both in our our country, and we have listeners tuning in from 61 different countries around the world than ever before. It ain't perfect out there, people, but my problem with the media is if you listen to them, you're gonna think it's all bad. There are challenges, there are storms, there is adversity, there is death, no doubt about it. But there are people overcoming and the ark is pointing up and to the right. Words matter. So number one, what words are you listening to? Both through your social feeds, through your evening news, through your commutes to work. And by the way, I'm delighted right now you're listening to the Live Inspired channel because we know words matter. So what, what, what are you listening to? Where are you being fed? because what we put into our bodies shows up in our lives. That's number one of this piece. But secondly is this, what words are you sharing to your children, to your family, to your spouse, to your coworkers, to your patients? Are you telling them right now through words as specifically as this or otherwise that if you were, if, if they were a horse, you'd shoot them? Or are you giving them examples and words that are encouraging them to realize that their best days remain in front of them? Words matter. That's lesson number two. So people matter, words matter. And then the third lesson comes in from a guy named Dr. Papalardo, who by the way, becomes the surgeon that does the surgeries on my hands that gave me back the freedom to easily hold a pen, to easily play a piano, to easily button up a shirt, to move forward in life, to smile more broadly, to live with more joy, not only through the surgery he did, but in the manner in which he treated. So my friends, Get ready for this one because it's a great story. Dr. Papa Lardo was born in Italy, but he grew up in Argentina and then he came to the United States for medical school. So it's a great journey. I think there's a lot we can learn through diversity. I think too frequently we hang out with a whole lot of folks who look and worship and think exactly like we do. The beauty of being born in one tradition, of being raised in another and then moving to a third is that if you're listening, you can take the best of all. Well, that's what Dr. Papalardo does. So what's, what's his story? The, the very first time I met him, I'm in his room, like the, the, the little waiting room with my mother. This older gentleman walks in and I mean, he is older. This guy's like 50, okay? I'm 10. So at that point in my life, I'm 42 today, 50 is young. Uh, but that point in my life, whoa, he's way up there, man. He's 50. He comes in, he's looking at a chart. He does not look up to meet the patient or his mother with eyesight or by greeting. He comes in humming. He sits down at his little desk and then he says aloud, John O'Leary. He's got a beautiful accent. I won't even try to do it for you today. John O'Leary. And then he claps his hands together enthusiastically. He says it again, John O'Leary. I get to meet John O'Leary today. Woo, I wonder when I get to meet this guy. I've read all about him. I've heard all about him. The walk in miracle. I get to meet John O'Leary today. 
And he kind of starts singing out this phrase, John O'Leary. And then he gets up as if to walk out of the room. He turns as if surprised and he goes, oh, I didn't see you both in here. He walks over, he shakes my mother's hand and as only a kid born in Italy, but raised in Argentina can do, he takes it and gives, her, gives that hand a little kiss. And then he turns to me and says, you must be him. You must be the one. I've heard all about you. I've read all about you. I can't believe I get to meet you. And then he shakes the hand that is still left on my, uh, on my arm. He shakes it and says, brother, it is my honor. It is my honor. Well, needless to say, it was a very different introduction into this plastic surgeon than the one that we received a couple states away and uh, a lifetime away from our experience with Dr. Papalardo. He was the one who, and I can't explain the surgery because I don't have the knowledge of it, but was able to dig through <laughs> the beauty of medical technology into my palms to carve back into me fingers. Uh, they're not the kind of fingers that you may look down on as you drive or as you write or as you lead and dance and live in your own life. They may not be like your fingers, but they're uniquely mine. And they have freed me to button up shirts, to pick up pens, to shake hands effectively, to live brilliantly. He gave me back my hands. He gave me back freedom. He gave me back in some regards, life. After every surgery, he would come into the, the room where he would do the dressing, dressing surgeries, the changes himself. He wasn't gonna let somebody else do that for him. No, this was his patient. He wanted to do every dressing himself. He would come in humming, sometimes singing, his eyes always twinkling. He would slowly remove the bandages. And as he pulled the final piece back, I looked down and I saw this piece of red, beat down, broken, charred human flesh. It was not very pretty at the, at the time. And he would say, as he clapped his hands together, my, my God, my goodness, it's like an Italian sunset. I've never seen anything as beautiful as this hand. It's perfect, it's perfect. And then he would begin slowly addressing the woundedness still of this. He would pour a little H2O2 on it, hydrogen peroxide, I think they call it. And it would bubble to life. And then he would say, oh, John, we are having a champagne party, you and I. We are having a champagne party back here. Don't tell your mother, but we are having a champagne party back here today. And then he would say, are you ready for some ice cream? And he would grab some kind of medicine and he would put it on the bandages. It was white in nature. And he would say, I hope you like vanilla. And he would slowly rewrap this hand of mine with vanilla ice cream. And a little boy who was in pain was no longer in pain. A little boy who was worried was no longer concerned. And a little boy who thought, I wonder if they, sh if they did the right thing when they did the surgeries originally, no longer wondered if, uh, if it would have been better to take him up back and shoot him. Uh, I no longer identified as that walking wounded horse. I was a little boy. My hands were like Italian sunsets. We were drinking champagne, eating ice cream, and certain that the best days were in front of me. Uh, the third lesson that this physician taught me was that wonder matters. Wonder matters. The way he had a twinkle in his eye and a joy in the way he hummed and sang and worked and changed bandages and did surgeries and treated the mother of the patient, the patient themselves, the entire staff. Uh, that was a lesson a little boy heard and saw, witnessed and now tries to exemplify in his own life now, 30, 
two years later, Dr. Papalardo, that wonder matters. I've had the opportunity of seeing Dr. Papalardo a couple times, two times jump to mind as I get ready to wrap up this podcast with you today. Uh, the one that's farther back in my mind was this time, I believe I was a sophomore or junior in high school. My angry, mean mom, always making me do the hard things, made me wear a suit and tie to school. Oh, I'm at an all boys school. It's khaki pants, button up shirts. Nobody ever wears a suit. Nobody ever wears a tie. Why is she making me do this, man? She, I'm a pimple faced kid. It's hard enough to fit in and she's ruining my day. She's totally ruining my MO, man. She's killing me. But I wear this suit and tie, but wh why'd she make me wear it? Here's why. Because at about 10, 20 that day, the bell rang and there was a message for John O'Leary to go to the front desk. When I got there, my mother was waiting for me. We walked out to her car, no longer the wooden minivan. I think at that point we had an old van and we drive to a church. We walk in with a couple hundred others and it's quiet, it's somber. Um, it's a funeral. It's a funeral, not for Dr. Parpolardo, but his wife. And I've never told this story. So if I get emotional, you can get emotional with me. Uh, but I grew up in a, a proud family, man. And men seldom cry. We're tough Irish guys. My dad cries a lot more now. And I cry all the time as you've, you're hearing even in my voice right now. I cry all the time. But growing up, I, I didn't see a whole lot of examples of my dad cry. He cried probably two or three times growing up. I'm sure a whole lot more with my mom and with my siblings. But I saw him cry a couple times. Here's what I remember most about that, ser that service. Number one, it was packed. It was packed. I'll never forget that. And secondly, the entire time, this beautiful Argentinian, Italian-born, American great physician named Dr. Papalardo wept. He never stopped crying. This was a man who wore his joy and his sorrow on his sleeves. I'll just never forget that image of this, of this great guy weeping at the loss of, of the love of his life. It was, an, it was painful, but also an awesome imagery to see, to have that kind of love for someone else. Uh, that was awesome. I'll never forget that. Um, but I also never forget the last time I saw Dr. Papalardo was for lunch, not that long ago. We met for lunch at a nearby restaurant, not far from where I live here in St. Louis. Uh, I came in, he was already there. He had that same goofy grin on his face. He had joy in his eyes. He walks around with a sense of wonder. Uh, we had a great conversation. He spent the majority of it because it's hard for me to, to talk about others when I'm with him. He sent, spent the majority of it talking about me. But when we finally pivoted and I got to talk about him, he talked about what he was up to in his own life. He talked about uh, being back in school. <laughs> this is a guy who's, he's been through some schooling in his life. Now he's taking classes at a very difficult university on literature, on languages, He's taking a class on astronomy. He's still growing. He's still learning. He's still actively sharing and producing and going through life with great wonder. I remember that about him. I also remember that he handed me two books and I'm gonna have a link to, uh, on our show notes to one of the, the poems. So I'll, I'll take it out. I'll take a picture and I'll, I'll link to it. So go to johnollearyinspires.com after you pop off the podcast and I'll have a link to, uh, to one of Dr. Papalardo's poems, but he gave me a book, two books of poems that he had written. This is a busy guy 
who's writing poems. And then I remember he finally looked down at his watch after not looking down at it for almost two hours and said, oh my gosh, I'm late, I gotta run. So we stood up, he gave me this big, huge, firm hug, firm, man. I mean, my back is still cracking from this hug. And then he ran out the door. <laughs> I'm not even sure he looked left or right as he crossed this busy thoroughfare. He skipped as he crossed that thoroughfare to his car. I also remember the kind of car it was. It was a kind of older, like a Toyota Corolla. This is a physician. He could have any car in the world. He chooses how he lives. He chooses how he heals. He chooses how he writes. He chooses what he drives. A Toyota Corolla, he opens up the door. Then he turns around. I can see the smile still on his face. He gave me one of those like over obnoxious waves. Like we'll never see each other again. Um, he sits into this car and he pulls away. Wonder matters. Wonder matters. My physician taught me three things as I go back to Orlando, Florida at the Physicians Conference. But I think these are lessons that we can learn not only as doctors, but as leaders in life. And so my friends, as we get ready to wrap up, wrap up this podcast, I encourage if you haven't yet now, grab your journals, open up your hearts and write these ones down because these are three lessons we can all apply in any work we choose to, uh, to step into. Number one, the lesson from Dr. Vachiavajan, people matter. People matter. And as you think through that, recognize that, that people also represent you. Your life matters. You are significant. You make a difference. Act like it, okay? Act like it. Number one, people matter. Secondly, for the Dr. Jo Jekylls and Mr. Hyde's out there, words matter. Be aware of the words that we are listening to, but also the, the words that we are speaking. Words do matter. Uh, own yours own what you take into your life, but also own what you share out of your life. Dr. Jekyll taught me that one. And then thirdly, finally, but this is like a circular type lesson today. Thirdly, wonder matters. Be like that great physician, Carlos Papalardo. This man who taught me not only about healing and champagne parties and ice cream celebrations, but also poetry and grief and life. Wonder matters at any age. My friends, I wanna thank you for being part of our Live Inspired community. For those of you who have been tuning in for a while, you know that we've had a couple, uh, <laughs> what, a couple million downloads or whatever the number is right now coming in from not only all 50 states, but dozens and dozens of countries. It is a global message because I think the time of this is right on to be reminded. Here we go again, write them down. People matter, words matter, wonder matters, and the best is yet to come. So if you wanna learn more about this message, more about the book On Fire, more about John O'Leary, the speaker, or more about what this means for you in your own journey, cruise on over to johnolearyinspires.com. You can check out this podcast. I'll have a link to one of my favorite Dr. Carlos Papalardo poems. And you can also be encouraged to know that your best is yet to come. So my friends, Live Inspired community, for this time and until next time, this is John O'Leary. And this is your day. Live inspired. My friends, it was such an honor to share the stories of my burn doctors with you today. If you enjoyed hearing about them, I bet you'd really enjoy hearing the story of my favorite nurse. His name, Nurse Roy. 
He is the man who taught me how to walk again and is an incredible example to the rest of us of the power that one person has to positively, profoundly, and permanently impact and elevate the life of someone else. It's one of my favorite stories. You will be inspired to lead and to serve and to love and to walk forward boldly to the possibility of your lives. You're going to love it. You can get the link in my show notes or you can just search episode 38 with Nurse Roy. You will love it. My friends, I want to thank you for being part of our Live Inspired community. I want to wish each of you happy holidays, a very, very Merry Christmas. And uh, as we flip from one year into the next, the promise that tomorrow will be even better than today, but don't wait for it. Start now. So for this time and until next time, this is John O'Leary and this is your day. Live Inspired.